Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another week of Selective Hearing. I am your host, Julie Namar, and this week I am here with very special guest, Casey Kang, and we are going to talk about what it means to be no contact. So before I get started, as always, I love to give my beautiful guest the floor. So Casey, thank you for being here today. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. This needs to be talked about a lot more. <laughs> yeah, I, this is definitely one of those like sweep un under the rug taboo topics that nobody likes to talk about it. Or when they talk about it, it definitely comes in um, the form of like trying to guilt the person who made the decision to go no contact or like try to shame them for making their decision as if they just decided like, oh, I'm just not going to talk to you for absolutely no reason. So we're going to break it all down for you guys today. Casey, can you share your story with the audience? So I... Um, I haven't spoken to my mother. I'm 40 now and I haven't spoken to her since my early 20s. I realized very early on that after I graduated high school and was out of her house, some very distinct things were happening every time I saw her, which wasn't often. We rarely spoke on the phone to begin with. It was more of like, yes, you're my child, but like, I don't know, there wasn't really a relationship ever. In my early 20s, I started to notice this pattern um, when I, after I graduated from college that every time I saw her, I would want to get blackout drunk, like not feel, think, or anything. And so I was like, that's not healthy. So I like sat down and really like kind of was like, well, if that's the only time I want to do that, maybe there's like a bigger reason. And I realized, you know, after some inner reflection of like, every time I see her, I hate myself. I don't feel good enough to be alive. Like all the feelings that I had felt all through my childhood were roaring and they were so evident and so present that I was like, that's why I don't want to feel. And so I just decided after the last time I saw her to never see her again and never talk to her again and never answer any of her phone calls, texts or anything. And I didn't tell her this. <laughs> um, I just did it. You know, it's been almost 20 years now since, since that has happened. It honestly was the best decision that I could have made for myself. I was thinking about this thing that I saw um, on social media and it was like um, a girl who was speaking about her being no contact with her mom. And she was saying, everyone always tells her, you only get one mom, you only get one dad. Her response to that was, you only get one me. And she was like, if that's mm. how we're going to um, frame this, basically, how about we look at it like this? You only get one me. You were gifted the opportunity to be my mom and what did you do with that opportunity to make me feel like it's better for me not to be a part of your life than to have you be a part of it? And she right. said that shut the whole conversation down. And I was like, oh, that's Whoops. powerful. Like, no. I've never, ever heard that response before. But I was like, let me tuck that in my little goodie bag. <laughs> because right? that is absolutely if that, that was like absolutely the truth. So like, um. Let's break it down to everybody who may not necessarily know what it means to be no contact. So for you, um, can you explain um, what it means to be no contact? So since the day I decided to never talk to, talk to or see her again, I haven't. Like I have zero contact with her via social media, via anything. 
Um, I do, you know, interact with her family still, her mom, various family members. I don't really have a relationship with my younger half brother and sister, but I literally, if she has my phone number, she will occasionally call and I just don't answer it. I don't respond and that like it's literally zero contact you know and i explain it to my husband because he doesn't really understand even though he does he's never met him her by the way she's like a stranger to me and if i ever saw her on the street which i haven't in the last 20 something years i would tell her that and say that to her you're a stranger act as such like i don't know you you don't know me and i don't owe you anything because you gave birth to me that brings up another one someone said to me your title does not grant you entitlement. Right? So just because you are, and this goes for anybody, mom, dad, grandma, sister, mm -hmm. brother, like yeah. no contact orders can be issued to anyone in your life who has caused you so much pain where it's not safe to be around them anymore. Because like one thing about people, we have to kind of just accept them for who they are. We can't change them. The only people that we have control over is ourselves. So in knowing that like, hey, you have the free will to continue to be toxic, dysfunctional, harmful, you know, you don't have to be accountable at all. But just like you have the right and the free will to make that choice, I have the right and the free will to say, it's not safe for me to be around that. I can't be around that and I'm no longer going to continue to be around that because just because you hold a title of, like I said, mom, dad, brother, sister, best friend of 82 years. <laughs> if you get to the point where your presence is harmful, for me, I have to let you go. It's a privilege to be a parent and it's a privilege to be a daughter. And that's just a relationship. Like, it cannot always be one-sided. It cannot be tit for tat. It cannot be, I'll see you if, or you can see your sister or brother if. Like that's the relationship, what it was like. It was always, it came with strings attached. It came with attachment. It was never just like, you're my daughter and I love you. It was like, I'll love you when. And it was like, <laughs> I was going to ask you like to share like, like some specific things that made you be like, because I know there may be some listeners like, that's your mom. Like, <laughs> because trust me, like I've, I've been in no contact with several family members, including my own mom. And I actually just broke contact with my mom after a year and a half, a year and a half of, she was blocked, everybody. Like she couldn't, she found a way. She emailed an old email that I had <laughs> and I literally never use it i check it like once a month and i checked it and there was an email in there and like that was that um i just didn't respond and i ended up having like i ended up being in a situation where i had to break contact we had a tornado in our town like oh, <laughs> and i ended up breaking contact because like me and my kids my dad was like just come over just come over because i'm still in contact with my dad my dad's mm -hmm. like just come over you know and um I went over and I, when I went, I was literally in the car having this anxiety driven pep talk with myself yeah. because I was like, oh my gosh, like I was like, I, I was giving that like, we're not having a conversation about anything that has happened between us because like you, well, I was a little bit more, um, I didn't just go no contact. I told her, like I shot her a text message that was like, you know what? like. 
I was like, here comes the manipulation, the guilt trips, the, you know, and I'm not for it anymore. You're blocked. And I blocked her from that point on because I was just like done and I stuck to it. So I was having this conversation with myself. Like when I get there, I know I'm going to have to tell her, "Uh -uh, we're not having this conversation right now. Like, thank you. I appreciate being able to stay here, especially considering we do not talk, but I don't want to talk about anything in front of my kids. I don't want to have any conversations until I know you're ready. Thank you. <laughs> we'll be out of your hair as soon as possible. But let's just keep things very calm and cordial because my kids aren't used to this kind of behavior, you know? And my mom is like, she's just so far into it that she doesn't even realize certain things that she's doing. She just does right. it. So I'm like, while I'm over there, there's like little things are like, can you stop that please? Or you know, don't do that in front of the kids. Um, take the phone off speaker, take that conversation in another room, you know, like just stuff where it's like, when I was a kid, it was like just open season. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and There's so, no like, filter. None. So as a mama bear, I'm like, uh-uh, not happening here. Not happening at all. So that like, when you were telling me like, how long you've been no contact with your mom in your pre-interview, I was like, gosh, I only made it in mine. For like a year and a half but like since then like we've talked a couple times but it hasn't mm -hmm. been about anything of like substance you know like or like i'll keep it to like yeah me and the kids are doing fine you know like thank you right. and like just kind of leave it at that because again too you only can meet people where they're at right. and like i right. know what she's really capable of and i know like if I let her in, in the way that I used to, when I was in a space where I used to chase her, we'll just end mm -hmm. up being in no contact again. We'll be right back where we started. <laughs> so it's like, just let's just leave this like real surface, you know, mm -hmm. and like, let's just leave it at that for now. But yeah. So what were like some of those deciding factors for you? You know, besides the fact that I wanted to completely annihilate myself after seeing her, it was just there was a lot of little things that kept adding up. And there, over time, she was not the mother that I needed to myself or my older brother. And she did some things that I really disagreed with. And as a human, <laughs> just another human being, being compassionate towards another human growing up as a child, you know, she never it was all like I said uh, one of the examples is like if you want to see your little brother and little sister we have to see each other first like why why I'm 20 something years old and they're like they're not babies they're 10 11 years old like why do I have to see you to see them like it was always like that there's always strings attached to everything that she wanted there was always guilt trips being laid like oh why don't you come see me more like you know it was always like if you want your christmas present we have to sit down and have lunch or something like that it was never like i just want to come and hang out with you or i want to spend time with you or i want to know you as an adult <laughs> and you know she never supported me through college. She never supported me really even through high school. Her big thing in high school when we were always fighting, there was never really a relationship ever before I was about to graduate and leave. And she pulled me into her office upstairs and she was like, well, I do care about you. And she pulled out uh, an album full of just certificates that I had gotten over the years that like, you know, kids get for achieving things. And I was like, that's all you care about is like achievements that I've had. Like, and that's how you're showing me you care? Like that, 
a very disconnected way of showing someone you care is by like secretly hiding all the things that I have achieved. Like right. I don't understand that. Like so it things like that that were just adding up like that didn't make sense and I'm like, "Whoa. Wait." And then seeing other people with their parents, that really opened up my eyes in college to be like, that's how parents should treat their kids. I'm in a relationship with my dad. We talk all the time. And even he didn't until last year or 2 years ago didn't understand why I didn't talk to her and he kept pushing like it's your mom have that relationship with her and i said no you don't understand like there will never be a relationship and i kept saying this over and over and i think like you like the door was always a little bit cracked open to allow maybe potentially having a relationship again but after i was diagnosed with cancer and she didn't show up in any regard except for a text message i it it sealed it for me that i will never ever have a relationship with her again. Before we get into like the stigmas, because I know you said like your dad was being pushy. My dad's pushy too. I actually threatened mm-hmm. no contact with my dad if he kept pushing. Because <laughs> my dad was doing pushing and pop-ups. Mm. Like, yeah, we'll come see you. And then like, she'll be there. And he'll like right. tell me when like they're pulling up, like, yeah, me and your mom are there. And I'm like, what? Yeah. You know, no. like that's not what we discussed. And like, I had to tell him, like, if you're going to be caught in the middle because that's not something that I want, I was like, just tell me, no, I'll understand it. I can't come right now because I don't want to cause any conflict and I'm cool with that, you know, or I don't want her feelings to be hurt. I'm so cool with that. But don't, you know, like throw me into an uncomfortable situation so you can be good by saying, hey, yeah, I'm going to come see you. And then you show up and you're like, oh, yeah, hey, <laughs> like, don't do that. And now I'm like in this situation where I'm trying to use everything that I've ever learned in life coaching and therapy and everything else to overcome yeah. all these these feelings that I have from all the stuff that I was subjected to. So I'm like, just I was like, don't do that because if you this is a boundary. So if you continue to do it, then that's you disrespecting this boundary. And if I can be so easily dismissed, then maybe you need to be on the other side of the fence too. Right. So then when you put it like that, it's like, okay, I get it, understand, and I won't do that anymore. And I'm like, all right, right. cool. But yeah, dad's pushy. So you had cancer, you didn't have cancer just one time. You went through no, it I had several it, times. Yes, I had it three times over the course of almost five years. And you know, I was 20 minutes away from her driving distance. So it's not like she didn't know where it was at. <laughs> like my little brother came to see me and you know, the fact that she just couldn't even put her ego or whatever her her stuff, personal stuff was aside and show up as a parent, it showed me who she really was, that she just didn't care. You know, she might say the words, but there's nothing behind it. <laughs> mm, which is the most important thing. <laughs> words right. and actions, everybody words Mm -hmm. and actions so can you tell me a bit about your cancer journey yeah so i was diagnosed at 31 uh with acute lymphoblastic leukemia it's typically a children's disease Uh, i just had the lovely time of having it at 31 um and it was quite a journey you know uh, i had a stroke during my journey and kept relapsing and then i'm alive you're alive because you have great purpose and you're here to share your story so that someone else that's 
that's sitting on the other side of this speaker or even in an auditorium or somewhere one day will say like, oh, wow, I'm not alone. Like, right. I have those very same feelings and I've been chastised for them or made to feel like these feelings aren't right. But now I know that I'm not wrong for putting my safety first. And like our mental safety is just as important as our physical safety. And it's so needed, everyone. Like, I know I stress this so much, but it's it, these conversations are needed because one thing that I've learned in my process is if we're involved in toxic situations for so long, all of that dysfunction becomes normal until we become removed from it. And then we start looking mm -hmm. at it with another pair of lenses. Or like you said, like you saw other people with their parents and you're like, wait a minute. Like, <laughs> this is life. Like, like right. this is what healthy and like you guys, this isn't like comparing like, oh my gosh, my friend's mom went to the mall with her and my friend's mom did this and had sleepovers and baked mm -hmm. cookies. No, we're talking about something no. very, very deep here where you look at someone and you're like, oh my gosh, like that is what a healthy relationship looks yeah. like. That's what it means to like have someone genuinely like care about me and be concerned for me and be attached to me. And that's something too that we don't really talk about is like how many mothers, like we automatically expect, like she carried me, she birthed me, she's bonded to me. There are a lot of moms that do not bond with their children. No. She should not have been a mother, like, like and especially four times. Like, <laughs> I just like I, growing up, even she never even asked like how my day was. Like in hindsight, I didn't realize it in like real time, but looking back, she never once asked like, "Oh, how was your day?" Like a normal thing to do for people with people, never did it. So what is this thing, right? It, extremely, but like I, I know I can. I can feel like exactly what you went through because um, my situation was a little different. I was like the scapegoat child. So like mm. my, I watched my sisters like get everything and me get told like I was bad. I wasn't good enough. Mm -hmm. Like you need to do mm -hmm. better. Like, why can't you be like so-and-so? So-and-so's on the National Honor Society. So-and-so look at this track star. Mm -hmm. I used to be... I used to do, why aren't you good at math? I'm good at math. Like, you know, <laughs> punish, 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 punish. Like, like I'm going to show you all your shortcomings, punish you for all your shortcomings, never mm -hmm. ever talk about anything that's good in you. And then if I do recognize something that's good in you, I'm going to tell you about it, but then strip you of your ability to pursue it because I'm going to just boggle you down with so much negativity that you literally have no self-esteem, no sense of self-worth. And it's just, it's crazy living mm -hmm. like that. And then becoming an adult who lived like that and then going out into the world and seeing people who didn't, like the dysfunctional soup that was conjuring up in me. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so like, what were like some of the things, like you, you had to come out of that, obviously. So mm -hmm. like, what were some of the things that helped you you know, start to heal from that type of traumatic childhood, the trauma of cancer, you know, not having what we would believe should be like the, your, your first response support team going through things like that. Like, how did you overcome? You know, honestly, it was a lot of, a lot of inner reflection. Like I started really intensive therapy because I knew like <laughs> I was not 
going to be in a healthy mental place if I didn't. I learned about toxic relationships. I learned about coping mechanisms. I learned about mother wounds, honestly, and how they can affect women, especially so deeply and and trauma bonds like I started to learn emotional intelligence and all these things that you would think like you would be taught as a child like I didn't realize that some were taught like my best friend she knows all about these things and I was like I don't I'm learning about these for the first time at 31 years old, 33, 34, you know, and realizing like the dysfunction and dysregulation that was happening my entire life. <laughs> and especially with her and realizing like, I'm shocked I did as well as I did, considering where I came from and her treatment of my, me and my brother. And that was like, a really eye-opening experience was like learning about all of these things and like a lot of it I learned just through books um that I purchased online and and listening to I guess like yours and YouTube videos because I wanted to understand because you're right like everyone kept telling me but it's your mom Julie you know like you're you were told and I was like but she doesn't treat me like I'm even a human being <laughs> so what am I supposed to do with that? Like, I get, like, she's my mother, but I'm not bonded to her in any way. And that was, like, the the biggest understanding for me was, like, understanding why. And it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with her. Something definitely, like, I say, like, I'm able now because there was a point where I was, like, very angry. I don't know if you went to, through an angry period. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Let me tell you. <laughs> And like when Julie gets angry, everybody, well, not so much anymore because I've learned, I've learned where that came from too. So now right. I, um, <laughs> I have learned how to not be reactive and how to respond. But back in the day, let me tell you, I was like, rat-a-tat-tat-tat-tat, listen, <laughs> like mm -hmm. all the time. It was just ready, set, go. And now I like, even though I know like we don't have like a connection, like a mother-daughter connection. I still have like a level of sympathy that I feel and I still offer her a level of grace because I know that somebody did that to her. Right. So I know right. it's, it's a generational intergenerational thing that has been given <laughs> and like, it doesn't make it okay. Like, because there's a point where like in life I was like, okay, I got all this stuff going on. I'm acting this way. It's not productive. It's not healthy. It's, you know, like I got all this stuff going on. What am I going to do to make this better? So I feel like at some point we're operating, operating in this space where we're doing things and we're not aware, you know, and we're doing things as a result of the things that were done to us. But like, there has to be like a turning point where we're going to make a decision. Like, are we going to continue this or are we going to stop? And to those who say, I'm just going to continue this because it's easier for me, that's fine. But you have to understand that there is a consequence to that. And that is you potentially losing relationships with your family members that want to have healthy relationships in their lives. And like that is no contact people. So if you're listening today and you're like, okay, I get it now. Or I had an idea of it. It's not a mean thing or a punishment that's being handled handed out or like some form of manipulation or something to get what you want it is no. 
the last resort and protecting your peace. Like, hey, I tried and I can't. I can't mm -hmm. continue to do this because the person that's going to end up suffering is me. Because you're going to keep living your life the way that you want to and being just fine with it. So now yeah. I have to choose me and do that as well. It's like finally saying like, I love myself enough not to put myself through that treatment anymore. And that was a really, it, it's a hard decision. It, I did not make it lightly. Almost 20 years later, I did understand some of the consequences that would happen then. I didn't fully understand all of it at that time, but I just was like, I don't know why, but every time I see you, I get angry and most of it's at me and you, and I don't understand. I can't go through this roller coaster anymore. It's toxic. So I want to talk about like the grief process in this, like the living grief mm -hmm. of being no contact, because a lot of people don't understand that there is a grief period here. <laughs> you you're you're losing a relationship with someone and that's tough. So what was that like for you? You know, I honestly like asked myself a lot, like, was there even a relationship? And it took a lot of reflection to look back at how I grew up and there wasn't. And I say that because there were times when they would, my my stepfather, my mother, and her, my half brother and sister would be eating dinner. They wouldn't even invite me to dinner. <laughs> and I'd be in my room, like 10 feet away. So I'm just like sitting there going, was I even respected as a human? You know, I had to really question how certain memories showed up for me and, and were they real? What was I feeling and was I even recognized as a person? And I, the answer kept going no. And their answers were, were always like, she doesn't care. And when I went no contact and for a, a long time, like there was no reach out. She calls me or used to call me. I don't know if she still does because I finally blocked her number, but she used to call me once a year on my birthday and that was it. Like, what? What are we mm. talking about? Like, you don't care even enough to try to, to figure out why I stopped talking to you. So that to me was just like the, the writing on the wall was like, time just kept happening and I just kept not answering the once a year phone call. Oh my God, the birthday call. So, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> like, oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> oh goodness. So how does this affected like your mutual relationships i know like you and your dad are still in a healthy space but what about your other siblings and your extended family so i i talked to a, a lot of my cousins like the attack social media um not a lot i say couple i used to be more in contact with my little brother who's older than my sister and but since since high my sister was in high school she basically like blamed me for everything somehow in her life that was going wrong and since then just like won't respond to anything that i send to her via text or anything so i kind of let it let it be you know i i do talk to her mom uh my grandmother from time to time she's now 90 something years old she's losing her memory a little bit the last conversation i did have with her a couple months ago though she she was like i really want to see you and your brother and i just blatantly said it i said you know that's a really hard ask for me and my brother. You know we don't talk to your daughter. And she just ignored it like I didn't say it out loud. And kept going. And I was like, well, 
at least they know where it comes from. Yeah. <laughs> like that aha moment, like, ah, okay, grandma, uh -huh. I see you. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, all right. Um, yeah, that it's oh gosh, it's so hard. It's weird for me. Like my no contact order, I feel like was ex extended to several people without me issuing it. Like it was like that back end, like let me do some damage yeah. control and be my own PR person and tell everybody like, that's the bad guy over there, y'all. <laughs> and I can tell in interactions with people on phone calls. So I just let it go. Like, right. I'm just like, hey, that is, if that's what you want to do, that's <laughs> what you want to do. <laughs> like, right. I am all for protecting me and now more so the family that I created. So 100%. It's just like all of that can stay where it is. Like, I just want to make sure my boys are good. You know, I'm good. My husband's mm -hmm. good. If my dog's good, everybody else, like, you don't want to be a part of that. And it's like, there's no perfection here or, you know, anything like that. But it's just like, if you want to be a part of like someone who is adamant on us occupying healthy spaces with each other, like, come on, I'm such a good time. Like, right. But if not, okay. It is what right. it is. It, it's right. Like you don't have time for that. Like, you know, I heard a quote from somebody saying either somebody's going to uplift your life or, or downgrade your life and choose to be with the people that upgrade your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I love being around like the people who I know like these memories that we're going to make are going to be amazing. Like, like I'm going to look back on that day and smile. I have enough days and memories that I look back on and I'm like, Ugh! Like, <laughs> so let's just focus on making like those memories and, and creating those those times where I'm going to look back and I'm going to smile or I'm going to literally belly laugh or I'm going to be like, I can't wait to see you again and do that again. Like mm -hmm. having a physical response to someone in a negative way is a clear indicator that you might not need to be around that person. Like, right. Right. Because every time that I saw her before that, after I moved out, I would get anxiety. Like I couldn't sleep. I would be a, a wreck. Like, oh my gosh. Like I just like, until the moment I saw her, I was just like, oh my God, she's going to say something or do something. And like, I, like it just made me, it made me a different person. Mm -hmm. So I want to get into like toxic people a little bit. Mm -hmm. Just all the toxic people, because I, I, I want to reiterate <laughs> during this episode, everyone, it doesn't have to just be your family. It can be your bestie, like <laughs> your bestie with the right. like, oh, my gosh, I got a new a new job. I'm so excited. And then that uh, good for you. Like pay attention to those kind of things, mm -hmm. too, like that person that's always uh, dressing up jokes you know, like those backhanded comments as a joke. I was just kidding. Don't be so sensitive. Like, don't. Right. Yeah, like I want to talk about those kind of people too and um, mm -hmm. issue a statement that it's okay to go no contact with them as well. <laughs> right. Like anybody who tells you how to feel, <laughs> it should not be in your life. Like all, all of our feelings are valid and they should be recognized. And if the minute somebody says, oh, you're too sensitive or, oh, don't feel that way or no, like that is a red flag to walk away. Mm -hmm. 
I had a conversation like a few uh, in season one, like where we I was talking to a guest about people being uncomfortable with feelings. I think that's a, our generation. Well, it's our generation back back because um, <laughs> <laughs> those two, because I'm almost 40 as well. So it's like I, I feel like um, we come from the stuff it generation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, very much so. The stuff your feelings or the, the try to fix it like when I'm expressing myself to you, you're either going to be that person that makes me feel like I need to stuff it or um, we we come from the kind of people that try to fix it. And it's like, there's nothing to be fixed. Just let me feel, you know, like, let me have that. And I think it's because like we came through this weird cycle of trauma where it makes feelings like uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, yeah. And people just don't know how to handle them. They 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 become a wreck when they see that you're a wreck. And it's like, right. And it, it's like, I know feelings make people uncomfortable, but we have them. Everybody has them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, don't try to fix, don't try to stuff it. Like, allow people the space to, to feel and like sometimes like the the best advice that was given to me is like just like sometimes just say like i don't know what to say i'm sorry right and right. that's it and just that's hold it. space yeah yeah <laughs> just what be uncomfortable with the uncomfortable like, yeah <laughs> just hold that space so do you want to um address any of the misconceptions um that you've experienced regarding being no contact yeah, I mean, like, it doesn't make you a bad person because I was like, am I a bad person for not wanting to talk to her and not wanting her in my life? Like, am I the bad guy? I, I had a lot of, like, questioning about, am I the bad person, right? And I had to do a lot of, like, my own work to go, no, like, you're just, just as you are is, is valuable and valid. You're not bad or for choosing to have somebody who's not good in your life, you know, toxic there. And so that was a big one that I had to go like really address. Like, am I the bad person for, for doing this? And you're not, you're honestly, like, that is like the one most, how do I say this? It's actually uh, an act of love in my opinion to choose yourself despite the challenge that it could bring into your life as a result of that. And because it does, like family things are awkward. And, you know, my husband, when we got married, was like, do you, do you, are we inviting your mom? Like, no, we are not inviting my mom. You know, and having to have really clear conversations of like, with him, like, what if we have children? What if we do? Like, she's still not going to be in our lives. And even when I was diagnosed with cancer, he was like, what if your mom shows up? And I was like, well, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. I go, I don't think she's going to. I even said that out loud. And he was like, okay. And he, I think he was really nervous that she would. And I knew she wouldn't. Like, I just, in the back of my, my heart and soul just knew. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, it can be challenging, especially like because families are 
your family, it's your, the only one you've got. But you also have to choose yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. Because if you go down, nothing else is going to function. Like, at right. all. And that's like the mentality you have to have. Like, that I'm circling back to my favorite thing to, to well, I have a lot of favorites, but self care. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm a champion for self care. Like, selective hearing is the self care champion. And it's because if you aren't okay, then you're not going to be capable of being okay in any aspect of your life. So, like, you got to take care of you first. 100%. I, I, I mean, you can't preach that enough, like, <laughs> honestly. Um, because it's true. It's yeah. absolutely true. Like, you know, so. It comes up every episode. Oh, my gosh. I feel like our, our hour is going by way too fast. Oh, wow. Look, I, I love I love this conversation. <laughs> and everybody, like, um, when you catch the reels from this, I'm... I got like 1980s hair today like and maybe it happened because my birthday is coming in like a month and so I was born in 84 so maybe I got like this prince every time I look in the camera I'm like look at that I have like this Apollonia vanity wonder level tease happening right now that was like it was supposed to be curls but it is what it is I'm rocking it out and you guys will see it in the reels <laughs> Every time I look up at the camera, like I'm looking at you, but then I'll like glance up at my hair and I'm like, ooh, <laughs> girl, that is funny. Like, <laughs> at least I like, though. It's, it's, it looks good, but it's super 80s. Like, it's fluff. <laughs> so it's a throwback. Yeah. We're doing a throwback. <laughs> this is definitely, yeah, it's a throwback Thursday for sure. Oh mm. my gosh. So I'm going to ask you my other favorite thing to ask. And that is, um, can you tell me what does selective hearing mean for you? Only hearing what you want to, that benefits you and no one else around you. And <laughs> it usually means like they're probably gonna end up gaslighting you in some way. <laughs> yeah, you can definitely circle back around and I think me and you can have a amazing conversation about narcissists because <laughs> mm. <laughs> and yeah, um, we yeah. Probably can. <laughs> i think me and you know a couple so um <laughs> can you tell like so the audience loves to connect with the guests so if the guests um mm -hmm. if the, if you can share your social media and things like that so the audience can connect with you if they want to ask you questions or share their stories with you so that they can or even ask how to navigate initiating being no contact with someone mm -hmm. absolutely so uh you can find me on instagram or facebook at the happier hustle and that you're always going to talk to me i don't have robots working for me <laughs> you will talk directly to casey so and that will also be in the show notes and um on the resource page of my website so everyone, please remember to go to selectivehearingshow.com and check out the resource page. I put it there just for you. And that way you can connect with the guests. You can ask them questions. And even if you have a question for me, you can reach out to me through the site. I am really good with responding to you. And if you need additional resources or help, I will do everything in my power to find that for you and point you in the right direction. 
So um, Casey, thank you for being here with me today. I really enjoyed our conversation. Well, thank you for having me. I think it's a, like I said in the beginning, it's a subject we need to talk more of and about um, to release some of the stigma that's attached to it. Like it's, it's, it happens more often than not. Mm-hmm. Especially in this day. <laughs> Especially mm-hmm. with people coming out of trauma. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, this is mm-hmm. not going to work for me. <laughs> All right, everybody. So I will be back next week. So until next time, this is Selective Hearing.